0: If it's not in the middle, I won't be able to preach. Yep. Right there. there. Any OCD people? And like, if something like, if it's not right in the middle, like, it would mess me up the whole time. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if it's off-centered a little bit. You know, that's such a powerful time. It's such a powerful time. And um, I hope that whatever the Lord spoke to you in that time, that you'll write it down. You know, here's what I'm finding out about myself, and I've got my young apprentice here, so y'all just be patient with Cason. Um, he's just going to hang out. Uh, I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel his presence. I'm so glad he's here. I'm so glad he's here. I'm so grateful that he's here. Um, but... I think I lived in so much shame for so long and I'm not the only one that when God does speak to me, that I discount his voice, that I discount his voice. And I say that couldn't be God because because of the spirit of unworthiness that rested on my life. And I think I'm not the only one. But I'm telling you when we get in an atmosphere like this he's speaking he's talking and that thing that you're hearing that's his voice that's his love it's him write that down because what he told you this morning is for you it's for your future Amen. It's 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 so significant in your life so so don't discount what you hear if you were standing there and you heard something speak and then you said no no that was that was, uh, that had to have been me. That's not God. No, there's no way. No, no, let me tell you something. That's the voice of God. We've just got to step out from underneath the umbrella of shame that has covered us from so long and know that the Father is speaking to us this morning. Amen? I don't know who that's for, but I'm just, I'm, I'm so, y'all, I, I just, I, I sense in my spirit that God is moving in such a powerful way in our community, um, in, in our town in the surrounding towns, I really do. And, and I, I wanted to, uh, I want y'all to be excited because I think God is mobilizing uh, us in new and powerful ways, and he's giving us circles of influence outside of these walls, amen, within our community. And I'm so excited for all of our areas of influence, but I just want to take a minute right now and thank Jesus because he has placed Quentin Gonzalez on On the on the LaGrange City Council, and, and I'm telling y'all, this isn't, and he knows this, but this isn't just like th- this is a shift in the remnant church taking a new step in new depths in our community. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this, this represents a shift in what God is doing through our church and in and, and, and what he wants to do in our community and the surrounding areas. And so uh we're gonna pray for Quentin. We're gonna lay hands on him. I think when does your term start? May 11th. May 11th. We're gonna. We're just gonna pray that God would just yeah. use him in this yeah. in this in this place of influence and and, uh, and and I'm I'm praying and believing. I'm telling you, whenever I heard that, it just sparked something within me. And, and I'm praying and believing that God is going to begin to use us where we are outside of our outside of these four walls um, to bring light, to bring hope, to bring justice to bring all the things that, that, that are in the life of God into our community in a, in a very unchurchy way. Is that okay? Is that all right? I mean, you, know, you ain't got to go to church for the, for, the, for the move of God to happen, amen? As a matter of fact, it's, it's probably going to be a seed that's birthed in here and then it's going to actually uh, uh, manifest itself out there, right? Because there ain't no sense in a bunch of Christians getting excited about God. We need we we need to 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 be reaching the lost and raising the found. Amen. And so that's gonna that's gonna happen. It's gonna begin to increase. I really believe that. So I got Cason up here, and and I'm gonna be preaching a a, a series uh, four weeks called the Pretenders. Everybody say the Pretenders. I battled with that title because you know it is a little negative. You know, it's like oh, a little negative, negative. and uh, you know we don't, we don't want to be too negative. But you know it just Something that God's been dealing with me about, but I just wanted to open this, this up, and y'all can, y'all can start me. Here we go. We're going. Yeah, uh, when I was, how old are you, Kaysen? Uh, seven. Seven. You got to think about that for a minute. Uh, this is Kaysen Colby Hill, right? He's, he is a very important, very important. Y'all better know that our young people are, are, are so significant in the move of God. And and I, I want to say this, and, and I don't say this to hurt anybody's feelings. Or say what we're doing is wrong, but uh, here, here's something I I really believe that uh, I, I've seen this Facebook page, and it's a really cool Facebook page. Maybe you've seen it. It's something about uh, y'all can help me. Y'all have seen it too? About uh, remember when things were cool in Lagrange or something like that. What is it called? Rem- if you grew up in Lagrange, if you grew up in Lagrange, it's so, so cool. I'm loving. I'm I haven't put anything. I'm just like watching stuff but you know like I, I love thinking about mr gaddy's and and, and you, you know what i mean I, I love thinking about all these places you know, i remember being younger than this going to vitro's with my grandpa and and i remember going to to the old Bonton and getting breakfast on that buffet and that 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 chicken machine in there that would drop the eggs y'all remember that Man, I'll tell you what, my grandma would show up at her house, and she would have that white box full of that heavy-duty foil. I knew what was in there. I knew that was a Lucas pig in the blanket in there, and I was fixing to lose my mind, right? So so I, I love that, but I just began to think about what happens when we become more passionate about what used to be than what's coming. And I want to tell you something, we, we, we better be careful as a church that we're, not, that we're not more passionate, listen, as a community, that we don't get too excited about what was, that we don't live in the good old days, because I'm telling you, the good old days are going to cause us to miss the days of glory ahead. See, I think God, I think God has trouble using people that aren't looking forward to anything man, I love this. I'm looking forward to something. We got EFJ in the house today. We're looking, like Willis, Willis Gonzalez is sitting in here. I'm looking forward to something. To the, do you see all the Anderson children? Do y'all understand what's going to happen? This is going to be powerful. This is going to be powerful. It's going to be great. So I'm excited about what, what's coming, but I, I wanted Kason to be here because I was about Kason's age. Uh, I was about seven or eight years old. I think I was in the second grade. So how old was that? Seven or whatever. I was slow. They held me back. I did kindergarten twice. But um, it, does, yeah, it doesn't matter. You get there. You get there when you get there. Hey, you get there when you get there. And so, you know, it, it just, it was, it was a, a fun time in my life. And I'll never forget the first time. I think, I think what caused this to happen was a, a, a kid came to school with like a cast on or something. And and uh, kid comes to school at cast and he gets all this attention. You know, girls talking to him, everybody signing it, doing all this stuff. Like he's so and, and so I was like, Man, I like that. I like that. I, I like that attention that he's getting and so I devised a plan. And and I and and, and I decided that I was gonna I was gonna do something myself to get some attention. And so I went in the medicine cabinet, I found me an ace bandage, amen. You know, when I was a kid, uh, our medicine cabinet was like an ace bandage, some Dimatap, some monkey's blood. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That was like it. That was it. You go to grandma's house, medicine cabinet, liquor cabinet were the same thing. Amen. If you had people over for dinner, it was a liquor cabinet. If somebody had a headache, it was a medicine cabinet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so here I am, seven years old, getting the, just whatever works. I mean, I don't know if I got better. I just passed out. You know, y- y'all feel me? Any- anybody from the... My... So, EFJ, are y'all here? Don't don't lose me today. And so so I, just, I devised a plan. I got me an ace bandage. I put it in my backpack, and I, on the way to school, on the bus, I... I got back, laid low in my seat and I, I uh I I got myself up. got myself up. And if you wanna know, like I, I wanted to use casing because like this is you're actually looking at me in the third grade and <laughs> and and so I got myself this ace bandage and I wrapped my arm up and man I'm telling you it was I got in there tight and, and I, I got it all and then I knew the next thing I needed for my plan was well, that. That's tight, man. Your arm's going to fall off. I knew the next thing I needed for my plan was a good story. You know, I i tell stories. I still tell stories. See, I didn't know it, but this is the get my gifting is beginning to emerge. Amen. It's beginning to emerge. So I, I honestly don't remember the story. I'm sure it had something to do with like, you know, a dog attack, but i beat the dog up and you know like it was a good story whatever I was I know it was a good story and I I, I go to school and in these these three amazing things happened with me and my 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 cast that I made these three amazing things happened the first thing that happened was a cute young lady came running over and she goes oh my gosh Kobe what happened and I was like <laughs> It's working already. It's working already. Then, then I have a, a, a one, of the, one of my buddies came up, one of the dudes in the class. He was like, dude, what happened, bro, man? I was like, you know, Rottweiler attack, no big deal. No big deal. It was, it was all good, you know. I just I just poof, put an elbow on him. That dog went off running, but he got me a little bit, but didn't even hurt, man. But, you know, I had to get a t- blood transfusion, and so, <laughs> This, this thing's nothing. My mom made me wear it. You know, it's just like, whatever. And so the guys were like, dude, man, this guy is hardcore. He's a stud. And I was like, this thing is awesome. This thing is awesome. And then it came time for PE. And the, the, we were doing something in our class. And, and, you know, I've never been into physical activity a whole lot. It, it's never my favorite thing. And and uh, despite, you know, what you see here, it's it's actually not been my P.E. P.E. wasn't my favorite class. Uh, but but one thing I liked about it was we were doing these like little stations. We would walk around the, the parking lot and, or, or the little blacktop. And then you would have to like do a push up. And then, you know, you would go here and you would have to like jump rope. And then, and then when you got to the end, you got like candy, like a marshmallow or something, which I was down with that. I was down with that and so I went and I told my teacher I said I want to do all the exercises but, but look I, I'm, I mean I'm just not physically able right now and she was like that's okay she said you come sit right over here in the shade and she gives me a handful of marshmallows and I was like <laughs> got the girl's attention y'all give Case in a hand clap that's, that's one of my, my brother up here, the young apprentice, the preacher in training. I want this off of here. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know what this young man's going to do in the world, who he's going to be to Jesus. Thank you, sir. And so, so but you know what I did? I, 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 as I was thinking back at that story, it's a funny story, but I think that was the day I discovered That was the day that I took the bait of the enemy and I believed the lie that being something that I wasn't was better than being who I really was. That authenticity could not get me what I could get myself if I just made myself appear something that I, to be something that I really wasn't. And so since I was eight years old, I've been wrapping ace bandages around my life and pretending to be something that I'm not to get something that I think I deserve. My life has been full of different kinds of ace bandages, different kinds of deceptions, different levels of lies. And, and as I look at our world, I, I think that I'm not the only one wrapping myself up, making myself look like something that I'm not. And as God began to show me the things that were in my heart, and some of the areas in my heart that I had been hiding and pretending, and then you get on social media and you see the different things that we see, and, and Terry referred to this fake news and and you just wonder, where are the believers that are fully accepting and embracing the perfect creation that God made them to be from the beginning of the foundations of the earth? And where did this lie come in that made us believe that we have to be something that we're really not? Where, where, where did this lie sneak in? And I love it, I love this example of this bandage because, because I, I love it because I, I would almost like to say that, that it's social media's fault. I would almost like to tell you that this is a current problem, but, but I did this in the third grade, second grade, before there was, I'm that old, before there was social media. So so the problem, as I trace it back, it's it's not something that we can blame on current events. The problem was in me when I was was eight years old before, listen to me, I was finding a platform to pretend on before Mark Zuckerberg ever gave me one. It's funny, and and, and and if, if if we trace the problem back, Ever since the garden. If you look in the garden, this, this, this pretend spirit, this idea that I need to be something that I'm not, it's sin. And it originated in the garden. Let me tell you something. The first thing Adam and Eve did when they disobeyed God, when they chose themselves over Him, is they played dress up. They go get fig leaves, and cover themselves to make themselves appear something that they're not. So this problem dates back before 1987, or whenever this was. This problem dates back to the very beginning, and I would say that it's a problem that, that dwells deep in the hearts of every single human being, and only through the work of the Spirit can we step out of this. Pretending. Pretending. We all are pretending At some level. But I think if the power of the church is going to be pure, then we're going to have to walk as who we really are in the earth. Amen? I'm going to read you a story. The pretenders, throughout the next few weeks, we're going to talk about different characters in the Bible that pretended to be something that they weren't. Amen? Introduce you to our first people. Acts 4, we're going to start in verse 33. This is the very beginning of the church. Holy Spirit has just fallen. Power has been released. God's doing incredible thing, things in the book of Acts. So starting in verse 33, and we're going to read a, 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 lot, of, a lot of, we're going to read a whole story. Are y'all okay with that? Are, anybody start nodding off on me? I, I, Bishop Jakes, we were just at a conference, and Bishop Jakes said when you read out of the Bible, you make people stand up so they don't fall asleep. Right, But I'm not gonna make y'all stand up because we just, some of y'all are freaking out. You're like, oh my God, we just stood up for an hour. That's the most exercise I've had in like 13 years. So uh, so, so I'm gonna trust you that you're not gonna fall asleep and you stay with me. Start with Acts 4:33. It says, the apostles gave powerful testimony about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great measures of grace rested upon them all. Some of them who own houses or land sold and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without. Not a single person among them was needy. For example, there was a Levite from Cyprus named Joseph who sold his farmland and placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. At the feet of the apostles. They nicknamed him Barnabas or Encourager. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm. They conspired to secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. God revealed their secret to Peter. So Peter said to them, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretended to give it all, yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourselves. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or keep? And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? How could you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to people, you've lied to God. Y'all still with me? The moment Ananias heard those words, he fell over dead. Everyone was terrified and they heard what had happened. Some young men came in and removed removed the body and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came into the room with no clue what had happened to her husband. Peter said to her, Tell me, were the two of you paid this amount for the sale of your land? Sapphira said, Yes, that's how much it was. Peter told her, Why have you agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? I hear the footsteps of the Lord who buried your husband at the door, and they're coming to bury you next. At that moment, she dropped dead at Peter's feet. When the young men came in, she was already dead, so they carried her out and buried her next to her husband. The entire church was seized with a powerful sense of the fear of God, which came over all who had heard what had happened. Wow. That's New Testament, y'all. We like stories like that in the Old Testament. That's New Testament. That's, 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 that's out of the, the New Covenant. So here we have these people. You know, I've heard people talk about this story, and we, people kind of avoid the story because it's weird because, like, people died. Like, people in the New Testament, you know, we're good with, like, you know, Uzzah touches the ark in the Old Testament. He falls over dead, like, oh, it's the Old Testament. But here we have a story in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. The church is being birthed, and, 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 and this is a pretty intense story. It's funny, after I read this story, I began to think about this pretending. Why did you, I love, I love the question Peter asked, why did you pretend to give it all? but you kept back some for yourselves. What's all this pretending about? What's all this pretending about? See, this is something that that the enemy has done since the very beginning of the church. So I just kind of want to, with this this message, I just kind of want to lay the foundation of what we're talking about over the next couple of weeks and talk about why it's so important for us to be the us that Jesus died for, the us that Jesus bled for, the us that was good enough for him while we were still sinners. That us. What is it in us that wants to, to, to be something that we're not? And I just want to give you a few thoughts on this story. And I would encourage you, go, go home and read this story. I, I asked several people because uh, I was, read the story and I got all excited. And then I start telling everybody about it, right? I'm, you heard the story of Ananias and Sapphira? And they're like, no, I hadn't heard it. Listen to me. Go read this story and see what God speaks to you. And I just want to give you a few thoughts about this story because I believe it's very significant. I believe where it's placed is very significant. And, and, and the first thought is this. God is setting a precedent in the church. God is setting a precedent in the church. It's very interesting to me that the this is this is the very first issue, in-house issue that God deals with in the church. See, people had gotten born again and they were experiencing persecution from the outside, from the religious, from the haters. They were experiencing persecution from the outside. They had been arrested. They had been beaten. But it says all the believers came together and had everything in common. There were no problems in the church. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to go to that church. Right? Well, we all know the saying, if you went to it, you'd mess it up. Right? So here we are in a church full of people with of a lot of different problems. I like this, I like this. But but see see, I think God is establishing something at the very beginning about His heart for His church, and I think it's interesting. The very first issue, you know you know churches, we got issues. This is, this is what we do all week long. We deal with issues. If you're a leader in here, you deal with issues. You prov- you solve problems. It's what we do. You got sister Sally, man, sister Susan, right? You, you got you got brother Bobby. He he he. He forgot to say hi to, 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 to Brother Billy. You know what I mean? We got all this stuff going on. We got problems, all these problems. Church is solving problems, right? And, and sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, I feel like we're solving more problems than we are than we are reaching out and helping people and showing people the love of Jesus. We're all, hey, listen to me. My God, help me, Jesus. We got people on, on Planning Center. If you do any kind of ministry and you know about Planning Center, Planning Center sometimes makes me just want to say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tapping out. I can't do it anymore. Where are my leaders at the Schedule Planning Center? Thank you. Am I the only one? Right? Planning, my God. Can I tell you, can I, can, this is this is the Holy Ghost right here. Just hit accept. Jeez, I'm going to let that just fall right there. No, I'm just kidding. We love you whether you hit accept or decline. Just hit something for the love of God, please. See, here I am solving problems. Taking care of issues. In-house. Everybody say in-house. In-house, in-house. in-house issues. The first in-house issue. The first in-house issue, the first problem to be solved in the church is a lion's spirit got to get exposed. The first way the enemy tries to creep in within the people of God is to come in and get the people of God to start pretending to be something that they're not. See, I can, I can, I, Peter and John, these guys are like the bosses of the church and, and I can, Peter and John, they're, they're, they're just receiving offerings and I'm like, man, I like that church. I like this church more and more, just receiving offerings, bring an offering. Just everybody bring your offerings up. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. It's, I'm being funny, but it didn't work. Uh, I'm not really worried about you bringing your offering. But uh, now I lost my place. Sheila, where was I? Peter and John, I can hear Peter and John there. They're, they're they're sitting there and, and they're like, "Wow, man, Ananias, this is awesome, bro." I don't know how much it was. Maybe he sold the farm for for a hundred thousand, you know. But you know, the market was fluctuating at that time, and and you know, there, there was maybe maybe he sold it for a hundred thousand, but he probably could have got away with giving them seventy five. Seventy five—that's a fair price, you know. And they meant, come on, what what preacher doesn't look at the offering bucket and go mm, seventy five thousand? Dude, you sold your farm, didn't you? Yeah, sold your farm. Here it all is. He's like, sweet, 75 grand. That's nice. And the Holy Spirit speaks to Peter, and he says he's pretending. He didn't really give it all. And God is setting precedent in the church. There has to be a standard by which we live by. There has to be an exposure of the enemy that's coming in and trying to rob us of our power. And so, 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 Peter, see, I always thought this story was about money. Pre- preachers use this story wrong all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you better bring that offer, and you better bring it all, or God's going to kill you. <laughs> God's going to kill you. I'm like, man, come on. Nobody's going to stop that. I'm not trying to, you know, we're not trying to manipulate anybody for, for their money. But, but, but it's just interesting. God, God speaks to Peter, and, and, and Peter immediately knows that he has to say something about this. He's got to say something about these people that are pretending to be something that they're not. And he looks at John and he says, I just imagine this conversation between Peter and John talking amongst themselves. And he says, John, can you imagine? Can you imagine, John, what would happen to the church? Can you imagine what would happen to our power? if we were all up here just playing games. Can you imagine what would happen to our influence if we started pretending? If we were pretending to be something that we're not, pretending to be happy when we're not happy, pretending to be okay when we're not okay, pretending to have it together when it's not together, when it's falling apart, pretending that our marriages are are, are great when they're actually a wreck, Pretending that our kids are, are on the straight and narrow when we know that they're struggling? Can, John, could you imagine what this would do to the purity of the church? John, can you imagine? John's like, man, I can't, I, I don't even want to think about it. And God was so passionate about his children being authentic. He was so passionate. So true to his, I mean, so passionate about his children being true to who they really are and being real about what they're really going through. That he stops it at the very beginning of the church and these people, y'all, they fell over dead. Somebody looked at me and said, I was telling somebody about this message and they said, well, how? They said, well, you you know, uh, we don't preach that because how do you account for these people falling over dead? How do you account for these people falling over dead? You know, how how are you going to sit there and tell the church that God killed somebody? I said, listen to me, God's not out killing people. God loves the church so much. And he loved Ananias and Sapphira so much that he wanted that pretend spirit to die so that the authentic, authentic message of God, the authentic people of God could emerge and the message of God could be pure. Because if we're pretending to be something that we're not, then the message is tainted. The message is tainted. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Y'all say don't get ahead of yourself. yourself. 1 Samuel 16, 7, I love this verse. The Lord said to Samuel, when when Samuel's picking the king, he says to Samuel, as as David's brothers are, are coming before him and these dudes are studs, man, they're like, I've been watching the NFL combine, man. These guys are like, beastly, running like a 4'340 in their 240 pounds. That, that, I can't even understand. That was my destiny. (laughs) But it didn't happen. I missed it. That's okay. Plan A is still on. Here we go. The Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Listen to me. This is what's so awesome. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance But the Lord looks at the heart. Who are we really pretending for? What do we really believe? Can I tell you something? God sees through the filters and the layers of what we try to fool other people with. He sees through all this. He sees your heartache. He sees your disappointment. He sees your doubt. He sees your difficulty. He sees your loneliness. He sees your broken heart. He sees your pride. He sees all of it. And what I love is he's not afraid of it. (laughs) It don't run him off. Help me, Jesus. Here's what he told you know, I was praying about this, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Colby, there's no pretending in my presence. I see through the facade. I see through the show that you've created. I see straight through all your ace bandages. And I see the you that I've wanted since before the foundations of the earth. I see the you that I sent my son to this earth for to die, to bleed, and to take your very sin so that you could be joined with him and so that you could be the messenger, you could be the influence on the earth that I'm calling you to be. And I think about what would happen if one person began to live that way. And then I get really excited and I think about what if a whole church lived that way? What if a whole church lived that way? Colby, there's no pretending in my presence. Y'all, this is why we have to get in the presence of God. We've got to get in the presence of God. There is no pretending. The, the, The only place that we can be who we truly are without fear, without shame, without intimidation is in the presence of God. That's why like in an atmosphere like we had earlier, I didn't want to leave it because I'm like, yes. I can finally be who I really am. There's no pretending in his presence. Why? Because because who are we trying to fool? This is El Roi, the God who sees and the God who still loves and the God who still pursues and the God who still wants even though he's the God who sees. This blows my mind. I, I can't even comprehend this kind of love. What kind of love is this that that, that that would not even entertain the mask that I put on and still be crazy, crazy nuts about me? What kind of love is this? It's the love of our great God. Colby, there's no pretending in my presence. We gotta get to his presence. We gotta get to his presence. We need to desire... His presence more than we desire the applause of people. His presence, Colby, there's no pretending in my presence. And, and for me, when he says there's no pretending in my presence, I, I begin to think, well, here's a good reason to avoid him, right? Here's a good reason to avoid him because, because like, this is all I know how to do. This is it. This is, this is all, it's all I know how to do. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. When really, in my heart, I'm saying, This, this, this ain't working. Right? This ain't, this ain't working. I'm so full of disappointment, shame, loneliness, anger, bitterness. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Come on, wave your hands. <laughs> Colby, listen, I'm not trying to beat you up this morning. I'm trying to tell you that your great God is madly in love with the you that he created and he wants to have a conversation with you. Right? He's not ashamed of you. He's not disappointed in you. And then it gets all messed up though, man. It gets all messed up. We got one important person in our lives and, and they don't honor us. They don't respect us. They don't treat us the way we should. And so we run off bandaging ourselves up. Trying to get trying to get that need for love and that need for acceptance and that need for joy, all of it. We're trying to get it met. And God's like, man, you can just come to me and be real with me, and we can fix this. We can fix this is my double chin. We can fix this. Kobe, there's no pretending. In my presence, and, 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 and let me tell you something. One of the biggest things I have fought is feeling like I have fallen behind, feeling like I have done something to set me back, to put, to, to, to put me behind the scheduled plan. Behind the scheduled plan. But you know what he told me? And it just makes me want to shout. Because, because there's no pretending in his presence. And then he said, Colby, there's no pressure in my presence. Now, I don't know about you, but the pressure... The pressure of keeping this up is about to kill me. It's it's about to kill me. The pressure of having to live in these things that we know are not true. It's, listen to me, the pressure of having to pretend about our kids and pretend about our marriages and pretend about our relationships with each other. Y'all, this is killing us. There's no pressure in my presence, and I feel like I've fallen behind, and and I get in his presence, and I'm I'm like, God, how can I be real? How can this is this? And then he tells me this he says, Colby, because there's no the thing that I feel the most pressure about is deadlines. Anybody in here got a job? You got to meet a deadline? You got to meet a deadline? That's some pressure, man. Living under this pressure, and because I believe there are deadlines for my life, I'm I've I've got to pretend in order to get there to meet him. But there's no there's no there's no pretending in his presence. There's no pressure in his presence. If there's no pressure in his presence, then that means I am in a place free of deadlines. So I don't have to pretend to be somewhere that I'm not, to be something that I'm not, because I'm on schedule. Oh Jesus, help me! You're on schedule. You say, but I've screwed this thing up. No, 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 that was the pretend you, the real you. It's right on time. It is right on time. There are no deadlines in the presence of God. This is the way God talks to me. Come There's no deadline. What are you talking about deadline? Well, God, you know, I've probably, missed. the ship has sailed. What ship? What ship were you trying to get on? The pretend ship of you trying to be something that you're really not? Well, actually, yes. Now that I think about it, Colby, my ship hasn't sailed for your life. My man right here, his ship hasn't sailed for your life. There are no deadlines in his presence. When you step into the presence of our loving God, you are exactly where he created you to be from the foundations of the earth. You're not late, you're not early, you're right on time. You don't have to pretend to be somewhere or something. I'm about to get set free in the house. I'm like, what? Say, say what? Say, I'm beginning to, well, yeah, maybe these things. God's setting precedent in the church. He's making it known, his heart, this is, this is his love, this is his mercy for the church because of Ananias and Sapphira, if that spirit would have survived early on, the church would have died. It would have had no power. It would have had no influence. The pretending church has no power and no influence. It is a religious dead organization full of dust and dead men's bones. Okay, free hand claps. With the people of God who step out from under the umbrella of shame and say, you know what, I think I'm gonna try taking, this, taking all this pretend stuff off and I'm gonna be real before my great God. Second thought I have is somebody, and I've kind of already gotten ahead of myself, but you argue, you say, people say, if we're really living in the book of Acts, people, I heard preachers saying this, if this, if the book of Acts was still going, it's still going. We're still in the, we're still in the works of God and the move of God. Don't let, listen to me, don't let anybody tell you that the Holy Spirit quit doing what the Holy Spirit does 2,000 years ago. If that were true, then I wouldn't be standing here today. I am a living witness to the miracle-working, almighty power of our great God. Don't you try to tell me that the Holy Spirit ain't moving. He is moving today just like he was then. He wants to move right now. Colby, if, if this really was the book Act, Acts, people be falling over dead when they lied? Well, we would all be dead. <laughs> people be falling over dead when they lied. Can I tell you something? It, 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 no way. The, the, people aren't dying anymore. Yes, they are. My second thought is this. Yes, it is still killing. It's killing our witness. It's killing our influence. It's killing our power. It's killing our sleep. Help me, Jesus. Come Jesus. It's killing our sleep. It's killing our health. Got ulcers in your stomach trying to keep up the facade. It's killing your self-worth killing our trust in god don't you tell let me tell you something we may still be walking around but it's lifeless yes this spirit is still killing see i sense a heaviness on some people right now because because you can't help the holy spirit you can't help but think about some of your own bandages but y'all bandages are only bad if we keep them these things, are, these things are freedom. These things are our testimony. These things are our witness. These things are our deliverance whenever we take them off and we give them to God. And he says, we say, God, you can keep them. And he says, he says let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let you carry a couple of those around so you can remind people that this isn't what works. But an authentic relationship with me. That's what's going to do this. Can you imagine LaGrange, Texas? Can you imagine the surrounding area? If we could, and you say, well, don't be like me. I'm I'm studying this message. I'm like, all right, God, but I'm just going to be real. No, don't do that. I'm just going to be real. How you doing? Bad. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, how's your marriage? Terrible. My marriage is awful. About to get a divorce, falling apart. Nothing good ever happened. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not what I'm telling you to do. See, flesh only knows how to do one of two things. Either be totally pretend or so real that you're rude and obnoxious and and that that messes up just as many stuff as pretending does. Don't be, listen to me, don't don't do it. I'm just going to be real. No, you're being rude. Stop. Here's who you be real with. You want to be real? Find you one other person that's not your spouse that has been somewhere in the spirit that you have never been, that you respect, and they are not intimidated of who you are. Find that person in your life. We all need somebody to talk to. I don't know if it's a counselor, a mentor, or I don't know who it is. We all need somebody in our lives who we can journey with God with. That's who you're real to. Don't go get real on Facebook. Crazy hair don't care. (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? Listen to me. Listen, just, 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 don't don't do that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put out there. I'm not ashamed of my body. Listen, but everybody else don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Don't, I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to show myself in my, my leggings and, 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 and my, my, my shirt that is not any good for the size that I am. Don't do that. Y'all look at this. Is this appropriate? This is so appropriate. If I took this over shirt off, you would vomit. I'm just gonna be real. I'm just gonna be real about who I am. No, no, no. Stop, stop. That's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. Right? Don't do that. Don't, just don't, don't, don't get on social media. Pastor, may I say I gotta quit pretending. Go trash your spouse on the internet. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's this is that's not the Lord. You're still pretending. Why? Because you're trying to fix it yourself and not being authentic with him, right? As God deals with us about things, we have to have somebody that we trust, somebody to look at us and say, you know what, I I just, I, I can't agree with what you're saying right now. I want to look at you, I want to look at you in the eye and tell you that I hear what you're saying, but that's not true about who you are. God loves you. He cares about you. Somebody who's willing to make you angry and then still answer your call whenever you call them back after you've come to your senses. So yes, be real, but it has to be real the way God created it. Listen to me, discipleship is God's system. Jesus took these 12 dudes and spent his life with them, poured his life into them. He, went, he wasn't just like slinging this stuff all over the place. He was pouring it into a select amount of people. Jesus met privately with people. The conversations that he had with Peter whenever he told Peter, we call Peter Satan, it was, it was private. Get, 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 get somebody in your life that will call you a devil when you're by yourself. We all need this person. The church doesn't have people who are raising up people. We need people in our lives to be real with. People who can help us process our journey. And so, so yes, it still is killing. It's killing our health. It's killing our teenagers. Y'all pretending, y'all, our teenagers are like, what the heck? killing the church. All this facade. My last thought is God can't bless who we pretend to be. I'm almost finished. God can't bless who we pretend to be. He can't fix what we refuse to admit is broken. He can't heal what we won't acknowledge is sick He's not afraid of who we are, who we really are. I love this God who sees through all my filters, in all my motives, in all of my ways, and he still passionately pursues me. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with God, and I'm like, God, what the heck, man? I can't believe you haven't moved on to so-and-so. He's like, Colby, I haven't moved on from you since you were before you were created. I've had you in my heart since before any of this was ever here. I've had your name written on the palm of my hand forever. You were on the mind of Jesus when he cried out his last, when he screamed his last breath. What are you talking about? God's not afraid of who we are right now. The truth of you, about you, does not intimidate him. Who you really are is the one that he wants in order to make you into who you always were created to be. We were never meant to make ourselves anything. Adam and Eve were never meant to put on those fig leaves. Sin did that. Independence did that. I was never meant to have to wear ace bandage To get someone to like me. To try to manipulate people. And now I use people as pawns instead of assets in my life. That was never the way that God intended it. You know, I heard Joel Osteen uh, say something one time and it struck me. It was so powerful. Because at at, at the time, I heard this a few years ago, I was really struggling with, with my own authenticity With my with my own, God was beginning to reveal to me some of the areas in my life that that I was just straight up wrapping bandages around, pretending to be something that I wasn't, pretending to impress people so that they would think something about me that really wasn't true. And and I heard Joel Osteen say this. He said, When I walk into a place, I feel like I have a leg up on everyone in the room. And I thought, you know, that's kind of arrogant of arrogant. Man, all that stuff they said about him must be true, right? Mm. When I walk into a room, when I walk into a place, I feel like I have a leg up on everyone in the room because there's no one in that room that's as good at being me than me. And I said, Jesus, I want that. I want that. To walk into a room and say, there is nobody in this room that has a leg up on me. Because there's nobody in this room. That's as good at being me. As me. And, and, and what, what, what I'm trying to figure out. If God gave us a unique Fingerprint, if my DNA doesn't match anybody in the world, if you scan my eyeballs, it is completely and totally unique to the seven billion people on this earth. If that is true, then why in the world would I pretend to be anything other than the real me that He created me to be? Because I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. If I can be the Colby, the unique Colby that God created me to be. With, now, now let me tell you something. We are all unique. We're all different. Every single one of us. But God is the same. He, he, there's not a God for Colby and a God for Terry. He did not have a different fingerprint for Leroy. It's all the same. God is the same. But listen, listen to how beautiful and incredible God's plan is in the earth. How, how is God gonna do this work in the earth? How is God bringing people to himself? He makes me totally unique. And when God, the same God that you serve, that I served, that they're talking about in Africa right now, when God breathes his breath through me, it's something the world has never seen before. When God breathes his breath through you, it's something the world has never seen before. We need you. We need me. We need us to be us so that when God breathes through us, it's something the world has never seen before. I hear Bishop Jakes preach. I hear I hear T.D. Jakes preach and I'm like, oh my God. God, if I could just do that. And he's like, Kobe, that would be a sham. That would be a waste of how I created you. Kobe, my breath through you is something the world has never seen before. And the world desperately needs it. Our town desperately needs the real us, the breath of God coming through the real us. Your job, your family, your spouse. You say, you say, but if I'm real, if I'm real, man, they might leave. So we pretend in order to try to control. But can I tell you something? What if we're just real? And we say we're struggling. What if that lie you've been holding trying to because you're afraid if you actually shared the lie that the people around you are gonna leave you? They might leave you. I don't know if they're gonna leave you. But finally you would be the fingerprint in the earth that God could be breathe through, and it would be something that the world has never seen before. Devil has us so locked up, tied up, trying to be something that Jesus didn't die for, that Jesus didn't pay for. This is crucial. These three thoughts. He can't bless who we pretend to be, but he can radically transform the people around our lives if we'll be uniquely us. God's breath through me is something the world has never seen before. So why would I want to be anything else? I don't mean to be so passionate. I really don't. I don't... I just... I just know I read this story and in my spirit there was an urgency. God's saying, Colby, this isn't what I want for your life and this isn't what I want for the life of my church. can't drink that yet. I just know it. Pretenders, man. I'm not calling you a pretender. I'm calling you out of being a pretender. I'm calling me out of being a pretender. To be the me that Ephesians 1.4 says he died before the foundations of the earth to have. Romans 5.8, what are we dressing up for? He's seen it as, at our worst. Romans 5.8 says that when you were at your worst, when you were at your worst, God did the most for you. When you were at your worst, he pursued you in an insane crazy way. He did that for us. And I don't think it's status quo. See, I think about LaGrange and this county and this area, and I think, man, God, you put our name on the map. I mean, mean, the devil put our name on the map once. Was in LaGrange, Kentucky. Is that where we were? LaGrange, Kentucky. You've never heard of it, have you? And hadn't heard of it because nothing significant ever happened there. They said, so, where are you from? said, so, LaGrange, Texas. They were like, oh, it's an easy time. And I think, my God, if the devil put us on the map, how much more could God? How much more could God? He loves you. Amen. EFJ, y'all okay? Was this too... Yeah, oh, I lost my boy Willis over there. He's asleep. Huh. It's so good. I think the young people need to hear preaching like this. I think they need to hear it. Because y'all, these, these young people are the move of God. I don't know if y'all know it. They are the move of God. In us older folks better learn to, to, to quit reliving the glory days and start getting in on the glory days. Yeah. Yeah. Because can I tell you something? Listen to me. The best is not behind us. The best is in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll. Woo. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.